Welcome to the Cal Current Podcast, presented by the Law Offices of Snell and Wilmer. This is a legal podcast that examines a variety of current legal issues that affect individuals and businesses here in California and beyond. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome. I'm your host, Jamie Choi, for this episode of Cal Current. Today, we're going to discuss patent term extension for pharmaceuticals, biologics, and medical devices. It can be a really long process to obtain FDA approval for a new pharmaceutical or biologic drug or a medical device. A really, really long and expensive process. And while it can also feel like it takes forever to get patent protection for the same drug or medical device, the patent still might grant years before the FDA approves the corresponding product. Worse, the patent might expire not all that long before the product actually comes to market. This could leave the product vulnerable to copying starting the day after the patent expires, depriving the patentee of the full commercial benefit of their invention. This type of situation ultimately could disincentivize those types of investment in complicated health products. Fortunately, U.S. federal law provides a patch for this situation, patent term extension or PTE. We'll talk about some of the details in a bit, but at a high level, you can think of PTE as giving back some of the protection that otherwise would have been lost because of delays in the FDA approval process by adding some of the lost days to what otherwise would have been the end of the patent's term. But it's more complicated than that, and we'll talk about some of the subtleties. Lastly, with only a bit of snarkiness, we'll touch on how the USPTO's PTE application process soon may be entering the computer age. Let's dive in now to some of the subtleties. First, only certain types of inventions can receive PTE or patent term extension. These are generally those for which the FDA approval process can be long and expensive because the product, however beneficial it may be to those who need it, also carries risk that needs to be carefully balanced against that benefit. So thinking about medical devices, a product for which only 510K approval is sought wouldn't qualify for PTE. This is a device that the FDA still needs to approve, but by design, the applicant states that the device is substantially equivalent to an earlier product that has already been determined to be safe. So it's essentially a piggyback application. There's not so much effort in getting its approval and not so many days lost, if any, in the protection which the corresponding patent provides. Similarly, a pharmaceutical that has already been approved for another indication likely has a shortcut path to approval. Patent term extension generally isn't available for these types of inventions. In comparison, a class three medical device is serious business. The FDA categorizes these as devices that usually sustain or support life, are implanted, or present a potential unreasonable risk of illness or injury. According to the FDA, These make up only about 10% of the medical devices for which protection is sought. The amount of time and effort required to prove up the safety and efficacy of such a device to the FDA's satisfaction potentially can be so high as to start eating into the patent's effective term. For this type of product, as well as pharmaceuticals and biologics that haven't previously been approved, federal law partially offsets those delays by adding days back to the end of the patent term. To emphasize, this is a partial offset. Another subtlety of PTE is just how many days can actually be added to the end of a patent's term. This may or may not come as a surprise, but there's a pretty complicated set of rules for calculating the number of days. First, 
The total term of the patent can't go past 14 years from the date of FDA approval, and the total amount of extension given can't be more than five years. Subject to these limitations, the PTE for which a patent is eligible consists of half the days in the testing phase, for example, after filing an investigational new drug application, or IND. Then add all of the days in the approval phase, for example, after filing a biologics license application, or BLA. Even those days are counted only after the grant date of the patent, and the patent can't have expired before the PTE application is submitted. Also, days are subtracted for which the PTE applicant did not exercise due diligence. There is not a lot of guidance about what qualifies as due diligence and what does not, but we will talk a little later about who decides whether a PTE applicant has been diligent enough that they get back all of their requested days. Let's talk now about the patent itself. Under federal law, a PTE applicant is entitled to extend only one patent for FDA-approved indication. That patent must claim a product, a method of using a product, or a method of manufacturing a product that is subject to stringent FDA approval processes, as we discussed earlier. A very interesting subtlety, and one we could probably spend hours exploring, but I'll touch on only briefly here, is that all of these days added to the end of the patent via PTE may not actually extend the full scope of the patent claims. Instead, under federal law, the patentee's rights during the extended term are limited to a use of the product which is under regulatory review. So, let's say you have a patent which claims drugs A, B, and C for treating a particular indication, and the FDA approves drug A for that indication. The extended term of the patent would not cover drugs B or C, only drug A. If drugs B or C get approved as well, then the patentee potentially could extend different patents for those. So I mentioned before about the USPTO finally entering the computer age, and maybe that was a little unkind, but I will now explain. Up until now, with a brief period of exception for COVID, the USPTO rules have required PTE requests to be submitted in paper, in triplicate. As a quaint touch, you could actually include a self-addressed stamped postcard listing out the contents of your submission, and at some point, a USPTO employee would literally rubber stamp the postcard and mail it back to you so you knew they got it. The reason for requiring the triplicate submission in paper does have a substantive component because other federal agencies need to review and approve portions of the submission. For example, as I mentioned before, the PTE applicant is not entitled to extend their patent by any days where they did not exercise due diligence. Those days are subtracted from the calculation. So the USPTO literally mails certain pages of one of those triplicate copies to the FDA, which then makes its own calculation of the length of the regulatory review period and determines whether and when the applicant may have exercised due diligence. The USPTO then uses the FDA's calculation to determine how much PTE to give, if any, rather than the applicant's calculation. At the time of this recording, there's a proposed federal rule change to actually require PTE applications to be submitted electronically, as it seems they have finally ironed out the wrinkles about how to send electronic files to the FDA. 
From today's discussion, hopefully you can appreciate that patent term extension can be commercially valuable, but can also be quite complicated, both in process and substance. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that after FDA approval is finally granted, federal law gives only a 60-day window in which the PTE application must be filed. No extensions. So it can be a good idea to get your ducks in a row for PTE well ahead of that approval and not stress out your patent lawyers quite so much. We're at the end of this episode of CalCurrent. I'm your host, Jamie Choi, and I appreciate your time. If you have any questions about the topic covered in today's episode, consult with your legal counsel or counsel of your choosing. Thank you for listening to CalCurrent, a podcast navigating California's legal landscape, brought to you by the law offices of Snell & Wilmer. Do you have a topic you would like to discuss? please feel free to send us your topics to calcurrent at swlaw.com. Be sure to check out our website for more episodes and information about this podcast. We can also be found on all major social media platforms at SWLaw News. Thank you and until next time.